Welcome to They Might Be Librarians, a podcast of the Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Hi everyone, I am Lauren M. I am the cataloger and I purchase adult fiction. Hi, I'm Joanna Sproul. I'm the community liaison. Hi, I'm Aubrey Campbell. I work in youth services. So we are very lucky to have Aubrey here with us today because one of the things that we're really talking about is writing. And Aubrey is a published author. So first, I want you to tell us a little bit about the book that you've written. Or it's... Is it multiple books? I've written short stories and a novel. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So yeah, please, please tell us a little bit about what you've written. Okay. So I, the short stories I have more experience with, I've written about um, five or six of them. Um, it's been about over the course of 10 years. They're all across the board. Some of them are fantasy. Some of them are horror. Some of them are weird sci-fi. Some of them are for adults, young adults, and kids. Cool. Yeah. I love weird sci-fi. I'm just saying. (laughs) And then the novel that you've written. Yes, that was, um, it started out on Wattpad, um, the open novella contest, um, and it made it all the way to the final round, and I decided to turn it into a full novel. So it's a young adult fantasy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the title of it? Uh, The Spirit Witch. The Spirit Witch by Aubrey Campbell. Everybody, (laughs) please go check it out. Yeah. So, um, how did you get started with writing? Um, I had always wanted to write a novel. I had dabbled in it over the course of several years, and then I decided I wanted to really learn how to write. I wanted to teach myself, so I checked out as many books as I could, and I just started writing. And then um, I submitted a short story for publication to various small publications, and then one of them picked it up, and I got paid for my writing, and it just took off from there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Now, do you have a writing process? Um, it depends on the project. Um, if I'm doing short stories, I tend to just have an idea and write straight through. For novels, it's a little bit different because I have to keep all of the plots and character arcs and all of that together, so I have more of an outline. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but most of the time I try to write like the general notes by hand and then I just sit down and pour everything into a um, Word document and go from there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do you have any plans to publish more in the future? Um, do we have a Spirit Witch series <laughs> on the way? <laughs> I would like to. I'm working on the second book. It's a lot harder than the first one. And it's taking about three to four years to write it, and I'm just now picking up what I want to say in it. Okay. And then also I would really like this year to publish a short story through Clark's World magazine or um, Beneath Ceaseless Skies magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, all big fantasy sci-fi, and I'd love that. My partner uh, is very familiar with a lot of the Clark's World stuff. Oh, yeah. I should actually check with them and see if they've happen to read stuff are you do you publish your short stories under your name Aubrey Campbell yes, yes. okay there's a really good chance they've read some of your work actually <laughs> uh, so yeah I've been really really interested in talking to you about this and so I'm glad I've got the opportunity to do that um uh I 
not to toot my own horn because I'm very, very like early stages, but I'm also writing a book. Okay, cool. Uh, mine is nonfiction though. It's okay. it's a memoir. Um, my mom, my aunt, and I we kind of were like a little we're little travel buddies. And my aunt's bucket list is to visit every single major league ballpark oh, in my. in the country. Uh, well, actually, also in Canada as well, but. Um, and she has started taking my mom and me along for the ride. And we we realized that we have so many stories of us going to ball games. It was such a huge part of our of our lives, a huge part of our my childhood, their childhood. Like my aunt got her picture taken with Roger Maris, you know, yeah. just all kinds of really cool things. Um and so I've started kind of the very early stages of writing this book. I do have to ask when you uh, when you write, do you do what some authors do? What's called um, the vomit draft. All apologies <laughs> to anybody that I might have grossed out with that, but it's basically where you just throw everything. You just type up everything that's in your head. You don't even bother reading it. You just type it all up. Yeah, and then you go back and edit. Yes. Have, you, have you done that? I have tried that sometimes. Depending on the story, I want to edit a little bit more as I go. Um, but, yeah, for some projects, if I'm feeling like the perfectionism is kind of creeping in, then, yes, it does end up being just do a word dump and just go for it. Yeah. yeah. I discovered that's about the only way I can do it, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, I'll type a sentence, and then I'll try to edit that sentence. And then I'll realize I've spent 20 minutes on one yeah. sentence. And I'm like, no, this is not <laughs> This is, I'm never going to get this written. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you said that you've written some horror yes. short stories. Yes. Do you, like, what type of horror do you write? Um, whatever comes out of my brain. Okay. I, <laughs> because, especially for anthologies, there's such a wide range of them. There can be food horror, there can be body horror, there can be gore there can be lots of different stuff and Hold i up. food horror yes what not not joking there was what? actually i did <laughs> there was an open call i didn't make it into this one but it was based on pizza pizza horror short stories yes my, you cannot see behind my mask <laughs> my mouth is open yeah and i am completely i'm gonna have to look this up yeah. food horror yes yes I <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I can't. I mean, I've heard you broke of so Joanna many, a little bit. I've heard of so many things when that came out of your mouth. I was like, she said something else. She definitely yeah, she didn't yeah. say that. Yeah. I have never heard of that. That yeah. is so wild. Food yeah. horror. Yes. I'm just wow. <laughs> okay, continue. Yeah. Continue. But that could. I mean, that could totally ruin pizza for you. So yeah. you might want to be careful no, there. Thank you. I love yeah. What pizza. what food do you not like? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Name a vegetable. <laughs> okay, fine. Find some vegetable horror yeah, out yeah, there. Brussels sprouts or, you know, something I actually like Brussels sprouts, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Mm. What are some of your favorite um, genres or themes to write about? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I do like writing fantasy, some paranormal, but... I haven't had too much experience with that one. Mostly I end up writing fantasy. Um, I do end up, for short stories, I end up writing horror more just because there's um, more opportunities that way. Um, there's not some... I've tried writing fantasy for a few podcasts, open calls, 
Um, but I haven't made it into those yet. Um, but yeah, I tend to, and I've written some sci-fi, um, which I don't have a whole lot of experience with, but, um, occasionally when a story gets picked up, it, I mean, it just goes from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm an avid horror <sighs> reader, so, but body horror is the one that I have the hardest time oh, with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you read any Scott Sigler? I have not. So he wrote the book Infected, and it's part of a series. And um, it's basically about these alien life forms that um, worm their way into human bodies. Mm, that's gross. It is very gross. <laughs> the book is very, very gross. I can only read, like, the, the most I've been able to read at one time was 20 pages. Yeah. And then I've taken, like, a nearly a year break like I, every single detail from that book is seared yeah. into my brain so i mean i started reading it in 2012 and i'm still currently reading it because it, it's just that difficult for me yeah. but i don't want to stop because it's that good <laughs> so yeah so yeah if you're if you're into horror no oh, yeah yeah definitely definitely check him out okay um and one of the reasons why i wanted to make make that book recommendation to you and you probably already know this but for any of you who are listening who are looking for some tips about writing uh one of the things that um another author told me um mike mullen he's an indiana author as well he's written mostly young adult but he said that the more you read the better you write yes because I believe you that. yeah you get to experience all different styles all different um you know, feelings in writing, your vocabulary goes through the roof. Yeah. Um, and then also there's the theory that if you want to become a master at writing, you have to practice, practice, practice. Mm, yeah. Even if you're not publishing, still just like, you know, writing something or creating something, whatever. Um, and he says it takes about 10,000 hours to become yeah. a master of writing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is pretty... <laughs> pretty daunting when you think about it yeah. but and then one of my favorite authors uh said that the way he writes is what he calls a literary dare he will dare himself to write a story around an idea oh that's cool yeah um uh, uh jasper ford is the author and i'm sure you all have heard me talk about him over and over again on these podcasts because i love him so much but um he said that uh, one of his books came about because he just thought, you know, what if humans hibernated in the winter like bears? What if that was their thing? What would the world look like? That's and from cool. there, he got the book Early Riser. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I I love hearing the thought process behind writers because there's just such a... It's all so different. Like, everyone has their yeah. own thing, but... It's just, it's, there's, there's so much creativity and the, the, the way authors' brains work yes. just really interests me. Yeah. So yeah, that was another reason why I was excited to have you on here. I wanted to hear how your brain worked when yeah. you, when you wrote. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. So, um, you told us the title of yes. The Spirit Witch, but I want to hear a little bit about, like, what it's about. Um, okay, so... <laughs> She's holding her hand against the bridge of her nose, trying to figure out how that was to explain. Three years ago, and I wrote that. Hold on a minute. Okay. Um. 
So this young witch, she lives in um, mountains of Romania. She, um, all right, I'm already hooked. <laughs> it was very much, I think the prompt was uh, something like Dracula, like, mm-hmm. and so I went with that. Um, and she had to, she faces this monster that is stealing the souls of the people in in the local village, and she has to save them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Huh. So oh, I she, love that. Yeah, and as she goes through, she's only like 17, and she as she progresses, she starts to lose more and more of her magic until she's completely depleted, and then she has to call on the ancestors of her witch line to bring back their magic and work with their magic. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I do have a quick question. Yes. In in this world, mm-hmm. do like do the people around her know that she is a witch? Yes. Okay. Wow. And they're okay with it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But she's also she's largely been um, secluded because she lives like way out there. Um, but yes, she is okay. I am exploring in the next book. Um, more of the anti-witchcraft type thing. Okay. Yeah. Social-wise, yes. Cool. Yeah. So, um... Should I, I, have a, I have a question. Yeah, yeah. What sorts of books did you read as a child that maybe inspired you to become a writer? Um, I read, oh, as a kid, I read a lot of Nancy Drew. Oh, yes. yes. That's what, seriously, I think that... <laughs> That totally impacted me as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also read, I tended to read ahead of my reading level, so I was reading classic literature at, you know, 10 or 11. Um, and then when I was younger, I didn't read so much fantasy, but when I hit teens, I just went full on fantasy and I read everything that I could get my hands on that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite book? No, don't ask me that question. Okay. Um, <laughs> I won't. Never mind. I withdraw the question. Favorite, favorite books? <laughs> Several. Or what are um, some yeah, of your favorite um, books? I like Maggie Steve Otter's series, all of her magic and everything in there. Um, I also really like Lainey Taylor. She's so descriptive and colorful, mm-hmm. and her world building is very lush, and I envy that a lot. I would love to write like that. Actually dressed up as her main character oh. from Daughter of Smoke and Bone for oh, Halloween cool. one year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like her too. Yeah. All right. So for those of you who are also interested in uh, the writing process, like I am, there are a couple of book recommendations that I can make to you. I will tell you most of them are actually fiction, but I feel like they are extremely inspiring when it comes to writing because there is such a love of books and libraries and sharing books with people so you know that's what that's what the majority of them that you're going to hear but if you really are interested in uh, reading a book about writing I highly recommend Stephen King's On Writing yes I feel like that is essential reading if even if you don't want to write just reading it, if, if you find the writing process interesting, it's just, it's fascinating. Yes. You know, you can tell he is a student of storytelling. Yeah. Um, and then the next book uh, that I wanted to recommend is The Lions of Fifth Avenue by Fiona Davis. Uh, I love Fiona Davis. She is, she's rapidly become one of my favorite authors. Uh, she writes historical fiction, 
Um, and this book is, um, it's a, she always writes a dual narrative. Uh, the first uh, story is set in 1913, and it's about a woman named Laura, and her husband is the superintendent of the New York Public Library. And um, now, I don't know how many of you um, know about this, but it's no longer it's no longer viable. People don't live in it now, but there, uh, for a long time, uh, the superintendent's family lived in an apartment in the main building of the New York Public Library. There have been all kinds of articles written about it and all kinds of pictures. It's it's really very cool. So Laura lives in this in this um, apartment, and she's just she just thinks that her life can't possibly get any better because she's she's around books and she loves her husband and he's doing great work, and then everything just falls apart. And then in uh, 1993, um, this um, woman's granddaughter starts um, working as a curator at the New York Public Library, and then she starts piecing together the story of what happened to her grandmother. And there's just, there's such a love of books and libraries, and it just as a librarian and a book lover, it really, really just hit me right in the heart. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, another book, uh, if you want to, um, really, um, just like geek out about books is The Air Affair by Jasper Ford. Yes, I'm bringing him up again, (laughs) but this is why I love him because this was the first book of his that I ever read. It's about a woman named Thursday Next, and she lives in an alternate reality from us in in her world literature and art is incredibly important like the the cubists like fans of cubist art and fans of impressionism like they have riots in the streets over which is better that's like how important fine art is and instead of vending machines they have will speak machines that will recite a shakespearean soliloquy to you if you put in a shilling you know it's it's stuff like that and thursday herself is um a literary detective because so many people are supposedly discovering lost um, works, lost classic works, or lost works from classic authors, and she has to go and determine if if this is actually a true found classic or if it's a forgery. And she um, she encounters an old nemesis. He was a former professor of hers, and he is just evil incarnate. He does. Everything that he does, as they say, for the evils. Um, he he has stolen the manuscript of Jane Eyre, and her uh, Thursday's uncle has also been kidnapped because he has invented um, a machine called the Prose Portal, which allows you to go into books. Huh. And so he's stolen this manuscript. And he has used the prose portal to go in and kidnap Jane Eyre. And he's threatening to murder Jane Eyre and destroy the original manuscript unless they, they, he's basically a terrorist, unless they pay him like this absurd amount of money. And um, 
Thursday is the only one that they can really send in to fight him because she has a gift that she doesn't like to tell a lot of people about, but she has the ability to read herself into a book. Oh, cool. So she can go in as well and fight this this bad guy. And I just, I fell in love with this whole thing of like the idea of being able to go into your favorite book and interact with the characters. And there's there's so much love for storytelling in these books. It's just they're... I mean, they're wacky, they're insane, and beautiful at the same time. I absolutely love it. And this is a seven-series book, ser- seven-book series so far. So, I mean, there's a lot to love in this series. She's, she, in the last book, she became a librarian, actually, and it's, <laughs> it made my day. <laughs> I had listened to you forever talking about books. Oh. Like, seriously, the the lions, the air affair. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to. And you know, I don't read a ton, so I'm like, <laughs> I need to read these books. Well, I will tell you, I own every single book in the Thursday Next series. Uh-huh. Um, if you ever want to borrow when there won't be a due date, you are welcome. <laughs> um, are either of the ones you've mentioned, or I don't know, there might have. Are they audiobooks? Yes. Yes. Um, Perfect. We have them on Overdrive and on Hoopla. Okay. Yes. I will check into that because, you know, I'm running around with a baby. Yeah. (laughs) Audio is better for me right now. (laughs) No, same here. I mean, I, I don't have a baby. I don't even have a pet, but <laughs> it's just easier for me to, you know, like to clean and cook and mm-hmm. yep. work out and have. That's what yeah, I do. Yeah, have yep. an audiobook going. I read a lot through audio. Audiobooks are not cheating; they are reading. No, absolutely. You just you process information differently, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. just as wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad that you said that though, because I, I looked over at you and you had this look in your face, and I was like, oh god. She thinks I'm crazy. Oh, no, I love it because you've told you've told me about the air affair before. It might have been the first book you ever told me about, um, and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh!" Like the just the depths of that book and all the twists and turns and like fantasy is not my genre, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just it's not something I dig into deeply. I'm very nonfiction oriented, mm-hmm. but when I get into one, I love it. You mm-hmm. know, I enjoy it. So that is back on my list. Yeah. Ever expanding list. Uh, and I will tell you that, um, it, I mean, it does not read like nonfiction. So don't worry. <laughs> I'm not going to try to sell you on that. But it's not, it's not just fantasy. There's also a lot of science fiction, a lot of speculative fiction, and a ton of satire. Uh-huh. I think that's actually his biggest thing is satire. Gotcha. So, yeah, be prepared for a lot of bite. Cool. I love it. So, now we get to uh, the really fun part of our podcast. What are you geeking out about? And, uh, Joanna, you had mentioned something to me earlier. and yes. uh, what what you're geeking out about is really cool. So I heard about this woman in Texas, Erica Thompson. She's a beekeeper, and she has an Instagram page, and she might even have like a TikTok or something. But um, she goes and takes bees that are trying to make a hive somewhere they shouldn't, like a fire hydrant or 
somebody's car. Did you guys see that a guy parked to go into a grocery store recently for 15 minutes and he came out and there was like 20,000 bees in his car? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, I can't tell you where it was, but um, I saw it on Facebook, I think. But she goes and she takes these bees and she takes them back to her, oh, I forget the name of a bee place. Her bee place. She takes them back to her <laughs> bee place and she um, makes them a home, a hive, and where she lives. And she's very, very uh, compassionate and talks about the importance of bees. Mm -hmm. uh, she likes to educate people on bees. So she'll do a video where you look at this, like, this square of bees just all over a hive and they're just, you can't, you don't know what you're looking at. And it's a challenge to find the queen. So she does these like weekly ones where you just, you stare and you're like, where's the queen? And you get to look and try to see if you can find it. And I've gotten really good at finding the queen. <laughs> so it's really fun. Um, and I don't know, it's just, there's something about seeing these bees being taken care of and just, I don't know, it's, it's fascinating mm -hmm. to me. So I'm geeking out about that a little bit. And then... One other thing I'm geeking out about, which is really silly, but I'm going to say it. So I have a daughter, right? And I nurse her what seems like all night long. And her hair's getting long. So I was like, I need to get her some hair stuff. So in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., I made a impulse purchase on Amazon of $50 worth of headbands and barrettes and things. But I don't regret it. I love it. So I just have to tell you, I've been, was like, what is going on? I was like, it was late. I felt like I needed these things. And she, she does need them. So there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Aubrey? What are you geeking out about? Um, I'm geeking out about David Attenborough documentaries. Oh, I'm, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm yes. on a binge just watching all of the BBC Earth stuff, Planet Earth all of the ocean, he has, what I love about him is that he has such a respect for the wildlife and the nature and wonder. He gives them space. He, he doesn't villainize anything, no matter how cruel it might seem to us. There's always, he approaches it with wonder and wants to spread that word of protect the environment because this is very special and we only have this one environment mm -hmm. that we need to shelter and keep it safe. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I actually was going back and forth on what it is that I'm geeking out about. And I realized that what I actually, the, the two things that I thought I was geeking out about is it's not actually what I'm geeking. I'm geeking out on the website TV Tropes. I know I've talked to people about this before. I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's a website that just categorizes everything according to what they call tropes. Uh, uh, if you're not familiar with a trope, it's basically just a really common um, device that people use to tell a story. Uh, for example, um, if you, there's like the action girl trope and it's this, you know, this, this woman who, you know, she's always ready to, for the call to battle, you know, Wonder Woman would be an action girl, something like that. And I have been spending so much time, like I'll sometimes fall asleep reading it, 
Um, I just, I spend so much time looking at all the content on there and I'll go back and I'll revisit some of my favorites to see like what type of tropes are associated with these things. And it's not just TV, it's movies, it's, uh, books and even like actors, uh, or directors or writers have tropes associated with them. Um, and then they also have like trivia sections and a section called um, uh, YMMV, which stands for Your Mileage May Vary. And it's like debating like, you know, alternate character interpretation and stuff like that. So I guess it kind of goes along with <laughs> what we're talking about here when it comes to the writing process, because it will go into the ideas of like, you know, well, this script is ambiguous and this was done on purpose because they wanted people to debate. Did, you know, did it, did this mean this or did this mean that? Um, I recently like spent, um, I, I, w I was out getting my wisdom teeth removed. And so I was waylaid for a good several days. And I spent a lot of time in my recovery reading the uh, TV trope section on the Twilight books. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that is something that that's a rabbit hole that you, that an entire website <laughs> is a total rabbit hole. So yeah, just be prepared that you might get sucked in. I'll definitely have to go look for it. Yeah, it is TVtropes.org. Uh -huh. I don't know what happens if you type in TVtropes.com. I've not tried. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of where I've been geeking out lately. Spending an awful lot of time on one website because I am not a geek. I am a nerd. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to They Might Be Librarians, a Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library podcast. Please leave us a review and share us with your friends, family, neighbors, and even your enemies if you don't like us. Uh, take care and be safe, everyone.